In a moment, we'll talk to the Health Minister, Stephen Donnelly, about the plan for the next few months. But first, this is what people out and about on Baggett Street in Dublin last night made of it all. It's incredible. I feel 23 again. I feel like I've lost two years of my life and I'm reliving them now again. It's going to be a good night no matter what. Like, you know, everyone is fired up. Everyone's ready to go. And we've been waiting for this for two years and we'll make the most of it. Um, we'll see where it takes our fancy as we walk home. We are passing a few pubs, so um, we might if, if we get thirsty, we might stop in. No stools in the bars, like nobody's really wearing masks inside and they are just kind of standing around having a bit of fun. So yeah, there's definitely a good vibe to it. We were asked for the pass when we went in, and then the other waiter said, oh no, you're not supposed to ask for it anymore. So, so they're just getting used to it themselves, really. Are, I think we do have to be careful, but I think there's a, yeah, it's a bit more relaxed. I can feel a bit more relaxed now. I, like, there's no reason to go back. Like, we need to learn to live with it now. Like, properly learn to live with it now. I found it weird that from one day to the other, like the day before, all restrictions and now nothing like you can do everything no social distancing you can go back to to the office i think i would have expected some you know yeah gradual go back to normality but we'll see nearly two years in now i think yeah. everyone's ready for it i was in london last weekend actually and it was back to normal and it really showed you what you were missing i think the cases are still quite high so it does feel a little bit early but it's up to each person to, now everyone has the option and it's up to each person to do what they feel comfortable with anyway, so. Was the dinner nice? It, it was, was lovely, lovely yeah. <laughs> Those were some people out and about in Dublin City Centre last night talking to Carol. We're joined in studio now by the Minister for Health, Stephen Donnelly. Minister, good afternoon. Welcome to the programme. Thank you, Justin. It's lovely, isn't it, to hear people out enjoying themselves. Um, I note Professor Luke O'Neill says in the Sunday Independent today that by the time we get to March, we will likely be done with the COVID-19 pandemic. Is that your expectation as Minister for Health as well? I would love that to be the case, although the infectious disease uh, community that, that I'm speaking with and the, the virologists would say, look, we could have more variants of concern. We could have uh, mutations of Omicron that, that you know, make it more severe or so forth. So obviously we have to keep an eye on that. But certainly this wave of Omicron, uh, we look to be well through that. The numbers are right down. And I think this weekend, for me, Justin, is it, it's a time to give thanks. Um, I think it's a time to give thanks for me as Minister for Health to our really extraordinary healthcare workers right across the country but critically as well to every person in this country who stepped up and got vaccinated and got boosted. And now there's many more who will get the booster when they've gone through the three months uh, if they've had a prior infection. The reason we are in this position this weekend is because as a nation, we acted together, we acted in solidarity. And if you look at countries or cities in other countries where they don't have this level of vaccination, but they're dealing with Omicron, they're in a very, very different situation. Okay. But you, you mentioned the booster there, and I want to ask you about comments made by the immunologist Kingston Mills yesterday. He said that dropping the vaccine pass for hospitality was a mistake, uh, which you might come to regret because he, he seems to suggest that having that in place would provide that extra incentive for younger people to get a booster vaccine, which isn't there when you remove it. He, he is correct in that it would provide uh, an extra nudge for people to get it. But that, whilst that was a, 
uh, a secondary benefit of the digital pass, no question. When we brought it in first, we did see more people sign up to get vaccinated. That's never what the COVID pass was for. The COVID pass was about, um, in these higher risk environments, keeping people safe while enabling people to still go about their about their, their lives to the greatest extent possible. Okay, but are you disappointed then with the numbers of younger people in particular who've decided or who have not uh, taken up their booster vaccine at this point? I'm not for one reason, which is that the the estimate that I was given uh, a few days ago was that between for those aged 18 to 40, between those who've got boosted and those who've had COVID in the last three months who, who, who have to wait to get boosted, the estimate is that 70 to 80% of that group from 18 to 40 have boosted immunity. Now, if I had one message, it would be for those who can still get boosted and haven't got around to it yet, it is the single most important thing uh, you can do in terms of our national response. Uh, and to please do so, you can go to a, your GP, to a pharmacist, to a vaccine centre. OK, it's reported in the Sunday Times today that an expert group is going to be set up by the government to review the handling of the pandemic. What can you tell us about that? I, nothing on, on that. I saw that report. Uh, that's something that will be discussed by government, I'm sure, in the, in, the, in the coming weeks. What I can say is there is a separate group which I'm establishing to look at lessons learned in healthcare um, so that we can, if there are, there are more things for us to learn, and of course there will be, um, that we can incorporate them into our ongoing management. And this group also, very importantly, is going to be looking at the future of public health in Ireland. What happened last year below the radar actually was we moved to a consultant-led public uh, health model, which is something that has been sought for decades. And secondly, in last year's uh, budget, I authorised the the doubling of our public health workforce and huge credit to the HSE. Uh, that has has been almost completed. So we're, we're in a good position, but we want to make sure, I want to make sure that we have one of the best public health systems anywhere in the world. Has it been decided now not to have a public inquiry or an Oireachtas inquiry into the handling of the pandemic? I, I, that conversation ha- hasn't really happened at government level. What I've been focused on is the health services and what we can learn, both in mistakes that will have been made, because of course we would we haven't got everything right, but also in terms of things that worked very well okay. to make sure that we're in the best possible position. We know now from uh, our experience over the last two years that this disease is worse in the winter time. Uh, is it your expectation that there will be a further booster dose administered before next winter? It's too early to say definitively. NIAC are looking at it. But yes, I I would fully expect to get advice um, from NIAC in terms of uh, future boosters, particularly uh, concerning more vulnerable groups. So we know Israel uh, has has taken that decision. They have now um, made a fourth dose available to those with underlying conditions, those who are more vulnerable. Uh, and I know NIAC and different groups around the world will be looking to see what level of extra protection that provides. And will Ireland be purchasing Omicron-specific boosters, uh, which are expected to come onto the market uh, in the, the later in the spring? Is that something that's on the cards? Well, certainly what we did was we agreed with the authorisation at an EU level for the development of exactly these. Uh, As to what we might do with them, it depends obviously on the clinical trials and on the assessment by the EMA and NIAC. Though encouragingly, I am talking to people um, within virology who are saying that 
there could be vaccines coming that will give longer term immunity. So say a year. And and as these technologies um, become more apparent, obviously, we can start looking, for example, at uh, annual vaccination uh, regimens. And that's what we're looking at, is it? An annual vaccine regime being put in place similar to the flu vaccine? We don't know yet. I think it'll depend partly on the technologies that are available and obviously partly on hap- what happens with COVID in terms of variants of concern into the into the future. But certainly we would very much like to get to a point where m- maybe you have one vaccine, just like we do with the flu, uh, that gives very high population level protection. The regulations for mandatory mask wearing, they will expire at the end of March. Do you expect that mandatory mask wearing will come to an end at that point? I would certainly hope so. Obviously, we'll, I'll discuss this with the Department of Health and with the public health teams. And it depends, as I'm, you know, as we all know at this stage, it, it really depends on where things are at towards the end of March. The legislation that underpins these, as you say, expires uh, at the end of March. There is an option for one rollover of these powers. Uh, It is my sincere hope that no such rollover is required. One of the reasons cited for retaining mask wearing in schools uh, during the announcement on Friday was because many children yet have yet to get their their vaccine. Um, I think only about 25% of eligible children have registered for a vaccine. If that rate doesn't pick up, then will masks continue to to have to be worn in that setting? Neffet are going to meet on exactly this question in about three weeks' time, maybe slightly more than three weeks' time. What we wanted to make sure was that regardless of what the levels of uptake are, that that parents and children had had sufficient time to discuss it and to decide whether or not uh, the children uh, should take the vaccine. As you say, the numbers are small. Uh, personally, I hope they go up. The, the evidence is clear that, that the vaccines are beneficial both for the children, uh, you know, and, uh, and, and as with all of us getting vaccinated for the wider, for the wider population. Um, you mentioned Neffet there. Is it likely that Neffet will be disbanded this year? Well, there's no there's no detailed plans on that at all. Neffet are doing a very important job. Neffet, as we all know, obviously met last Thursday and Neffet will be meeting in uh, three weeks' time uh, or, or, or thereabouts to look at the, the issue for schools. There is a piece of work we're doing on what is the medium-term um, infrastructure required. So, you know, Neffet advises me, but so does uh, NIAC, so does the uh, Rapid Testing Group, the National Immunisation Office, the HSE, other teams within the Department of Health. There's a very wide group. So, we're, you know, we, we'll be looking at the advice generally. We'll be looking at medium term approaches to vaccines, to testing and tracing, uh, to genome sequencing uh, and, and so on. There's a, there's a lot has already happened, but there's more to be done there. G- given the numbers of people that you mentioned earlier that are vaccinated, the numbers of people who have had covid And the fact that we have now moved out of the emergency, as the Taoiseach said on Friday, is it your intention to wind down the testing and tracing structures then later this year? It's something I'm in discussions with the department on at the moment. Uh, Certainly one option is to say when there is a very high level of disease, actually the, the, the the purpose or the public health function of testing and tracing becomes less valuable because one of the things you use it for is when there's low levels of disease is to really kind of identify it, help people to isolate and try and uh, stop the transmission at these current levels. Um, 
it's been very useful for individuals to know so that they could confirm and they could isolate. But the, we, we have a very uh, large testing and tracing system in place between PCR testing and rapid testing. The HSE per week now is is sending out about 1.8 million tests, believe it or not. Mm. They're doing about 300,000 PCR tests and sending out about 1.5 million uh, antigen tests. So it is uh, very expensive. Um, uh, so it is something we, we will continue to do so long as the, the benefit is there. It, it was reported in the Irish Times yesterday that half a million vaccines will go out of date in the next fortnight unless demand for them increases. Dr. Alona Duffy was on the radio earlier this morning suggesting a lot of people are just not showing up for their, their vaccine appointments. Well, what will happen to those vaccines? Will they be wasted or can they be donated to a, a country that might use them? They, they can't be dona- donated. The reason they, they, go, uh, they, they go out of date, so to speak, is it's the time that they've been taken out of the freezer. Um, we are donating millions of vaccines through uh, COVAX. So they will be wasted. Half a million vaccines likely to be wasted then in the next fortnight, is that, unless the, the uptake um, picks up. Well, what we want is exactly that to happen, is what we did was we we made sure there were enough vaccines available for everyone who wanted to take a booster. Then what happened is we saw this huge increase, obviously, in Omicron cases up to, uh, by my reckoning, about half a million a week. And anyone who has been infected in the last three months is precluded from taking the booster. But what I would say to anyone now, Justin, anyone listening today, is if you you haven't had a booster, they are there and they're incredibly effective. Like, for example, at the moment in critical care, uh, patients with critical care, four in five of them have not had a booster. So to anyone who's still thinking about it, please, please go and take it in the in the, in the coming days, in the next week or so. Just, just finally, Minister, I presume you would consider GPs to be frontline health workers. Um, if so, how can they be excluded from the €1,000 pandemic bonus that the government is, is going to pay out later this year? So there was a decision taken uh, for those working on-site in COVID-19 exposed environments, typically in HSE sites, where they've an increased risk in the course of performing clinical duties. Um, that obviously is most people in, in, in hospitals. We made an exemption for uh, nursing homes and for hospices, and I think most people would, would, appreciate, uh, would appreciate that. There will be GPs and there will be practice nurses who will qualify. For example, people who've uh, worked in the nursing homes, people who've worked in the vaccine centres, people who've come in and uh, uh, worked, worked in, in those But in general, settings. GPs in their clinics, they're not going to get it, are they? No, the, the, the GPs aren't. And it, it, it's not to diminish the work. The GPs and the practice nurses and all of the staff in, in um, general practice have been incredible and actually... At the start of December, why I not, put Why not recognise them, though, then? If they have been incredible, as you put it, why not recognise them with this payment? They, they are being recognised in, in other ways, as with all other workers. We Obviously, we have a day of remembrance coming. We'll have a national bank holiday now every week, or sorry, every uh, every year. But ultimately... Um, the the payment that that payment has to be bounded at some point. Uh, one of the decisions government took was to uh, bound it primarily to people who are either directly employed by the HSE or contracted in, so agency nurses, for example, okay. uh, in in the hospitals. But I I would just say it is by it is not to diminish the really extraordinary work and um, that all those working in general practice have done and continue to do. Minister for Health Stephen Donnelly, thank you for joining us today. After the break, Sinn Fein leader Mary Lou Macdonald.